This is episode number 247 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health, and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, it's Jesse, and I'm so excited to tell you that we have reopened enrollment for our Two Pregnancy and Beyond program, which is our online fitness coaching plans for pregnancy, postpartum, parenthood, any phase or stage within those time periods any fitness level, strength level, or pelvic health needs, you are welcome to join us in the club. To Pregnancy and Beyond is our complete perinatal fitness plan to build a physically stronger, more mobile body without fear or fussing about your core and pelvic floor in just one hour per week, which is what the majority of our members are doing and have been doing for the last seven plus years through our time of coaching folks into pregnancy and beyond. We are open for just a short window of time until Thursday, August 25th at midnight PST, and then we'll close enrollment again at that point. And full disclosure, I'm not sure when we will have enrollment open again. So Two Pregnancy and Beyond is for parents with babies and kids of all ages. If you are trying to conceive, if you are navigating loss and bereavement, if you are someone who is brand new to strength training, or if you have been training and exercising for a number of years already, you'll choose between either a three or 12 month training plan. So I really want you to come to us into pregnancy and beyond, knowing that this is not something that you're going to buy and then never touch again. I want you to come in with the commitment and expectation for yourself that you are going to engage yourself in the process of it. You're going to show up as best you can, knowing that life is always going to happen, but you're going to try to show up two or three times a week to your workout plan on your own schedule and time and do the workouts and do the exercises so you can really support yourself physically mentally and emotionally in your whole life. There are two tiers that you can choose from. You'll see they're either foundations or all in. If you're good to go with simply the workout plan, go with foundations. If you want the workout plan plus gentle accountability, coaching, and community, you're going to come in with us in the all in tier. 
So head to the link in today's show notes, check out all the details for To Pregnancy and Beyond. You'll jump in with us in the prenatal or postnatal track. And these workouts are intentionally designed for your life needs and also your body needs in pregnancy, postpartum, and parenthood. Link is in today's show notes please go check it out. Again, I don't want you to miss. We're only open until Thursday, October 25th at midnight PST. Hi, friends. Welcome on to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell and Anita Lambert. Today, we're talking about feelings of guilt around exercise. This is something that was actually by request, Anita, for us to talk about today. And I think it's probably timely for folks as we are in summer, routines are thrown off and people might have, you know, kind of fallen off with their regular routine or schedule with exercise. And I think this is something that people are feeling. It's something that I used to experience a ton, probably, you know, eight, 10, 12 years ago was a lot of feelings of guilt around exercise. Whenever I would kind of be thrown from my routine, or I was feeling like I wasn't doing quote unquote enough. So I want to talk about it because I want this to not be something that consumes our people. I want this to be something that you can really start to let go of and just have your relationship to exercise feel a lot simpler, more relaxed and not have you feeling you know, like shitty about exercise all the time because that's the exact opposite of what it can be for you. So First, Anita, have you gone through periods like this? Do you still go through periods like this? What has it been like for you? Yeah, I feel like with exercise, when I really look back, there's just been so much variation. I don't know if I've ever, I don't know if it's been expectations is how I would describe it. It's been more so many stages of life. There has been exercise and activity involved, um, whether growing up dance, um, dance or sports, and then getting into um, strength training from there. And then I find as an adult, yeah, I don't know, I feel like movement to me, I, I can feel if I haven't done exercise or activity in a while. So I don't know if I would describe it as guilt as in, I just know I don't feel great just in general, whether it's like mood, kind of mental health and all that. So I wouldn't necessarily describe guilt, but yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, Jess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like you just might've had a healthier experience with it. <laughs> I, I'm wondering, cause I know we've talked about it so much and I just feel like it, that could totally be it. And I think it's good to hear different experiences of people's relationship with exercise. Yeah, totally. Okay. So for me, it used to feel a lot like, yeah, I'm not doing enough. I should be doing more. And we'll talk through maybe what these things actually mean and the underlying stuff about them. But I don't know too, if it was the way I was working within the fitness industry and kind of the indoctrination of the fitness industry and these 
you know, kind of toxic diety beliefs and these body composition ideas and all these rules around exercise that I had. I think for me, that's really where it stems from. And I think for a lot of people, that might be why it is coming up too. So let's get into it. I want to talk through three things that first we need to understand where the guilt is coming from. Then we can start to unpack it and really begin to move through it and let it go. So number one, I really encourage people to look at the expectations that you are setting for yourself around exercise. And when I was feeling so much guilt around exercise, it was really that I was thinking I needed to be working out pretty intensely, moderately intensely, five or six days a week. And obviously, that is not a schedule that you can keep up for much amount of time, especially if you are pregnant, postpartum, a parent. I mean, at the time, I wasn't. I was just, you know, like a human. (laughs) with a (laughs) full-time job that was really tiring and living a life. And I wasn't able to keep up with that kind of schedule. So if you're someone who is living a full life and it is richly scheduled, it might simply be that your expectations for yourself with exercise are not going to fit into the real life that you're living right now. And for me, these ideas came from somewhere right? It's not like they just came to me from nowhere. I was believing certain things because of whatever, who I was educated by in the fitness industry. So I was indoctrinated in these beliefs about exercise and bodies. And again, I think that, of course, people of all kinds can fall into some of these ideas about fitness, just given the culture that we live within. And for me, I think it was extra heightened by working in gym spaces for, you know, years and years at a time where we're trying to make sales and get people to continue training with us and stay on. And there's all sorts of challenges being run to help people with their exercise accountability. And often these challenges are to get you exercising more and more intensely. So I think that just often those gym environments can fuel this stuff as well. So I would just encourage you to think about what are the expectations that I have for myself? If it's to exercise six days a week and you're constantly not meeting that because of very real true reasons, can we adjust those expectations? So funny now for myself because my expectations are to exercise two, maybe three days a week, strength training-based exercise, and then you know going for at least one to two leisurely walks. And I generally hit that most of the time because it's much more reasonable. But even in the times that I don't, there's just no emotional attachment to it. And Anita, that kind of sounds like how you have experienced exercise. Yeah, I think that's a really good discussion to have because now that hearing from you, and I know, I mean, we've had this podcast for a long time. So, I mean, it's it's great to hear your experience put in that way because I look back and I think for me, exercise in terms of whether strength training, cross training, running, like anything that wasn't sport or dance specific, that was always from the start 
like that was a part of my experience because that was going to help my performance. So it wasn't necessarily to change body composition or anything, but strength training was going to make me faster or running helped my endurance in terms of dance. Like it was, I think maybe from the start, that's been the difference is that it's always been more so to help the performance of the activities I was doing. And then now later in life, I'm not necessarily doing those sports. Um, at this point, would love get back, to get back to some, but I've just kept up those other cross training aspects of strength training, Pilates, yoga, all of that stuff. So maybe that's been what has carried over and mentally, um, because I didn't have that same experience of, like you said, I think being in that environment, like teaching in that, in that fitness environment definitely would change things of how you view it. But because mine was more sport and dance specific, that, that could be the difference. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And you're making me think about even kind of my background and introduction to, you know, more intense or going into competitive gymnastics training and some of my clearest memories of being eight years old and seeing the older competitive girls getting weighed on a scale in the gym. Like they were kids. So yeah, when you have these really formative experiences around exercise, especially from a young age, that stuff can really carry with you and you can carry it into your experiences with movement as an adult. So yeah, just think about where's this stuff coming from and do you even want to subscribe to and believe it anymore? And the answer is no, probably not. Like it feels crappy. You don't want to feel this way around exercise. You want it to just feel more flexible, more enjoyable. Like Anita is saying, the reasons that we tend to exercise now are just support physical, pelvic health, mental and emotional health, especially as we are parents of two kids each, entrepreneurs, building businesses, exercises really just support our well-being on like the simplest, most basic levels at this point. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think of, you know, that phrase of people who um, like work to live versus live to work. I kind of think of that in terms of exercise. Like I exercise because I know how positively that will affect other aspects of my life versus exercise being the end goal in a way like that, that it it just fuels other parts of my life in a very positive way. Absolutely. To make it through bedtime without losing your shit. very good point yes (laughs) all right so then second thing really trying to understand what that guilt is actually about and are there other feelings that are underlying that sensation or that experience of guilt for you so for lots of the folks that I work with the guilt is coming from performance related factors and probably mostly body composition related stuff. So, you know, they are working through lots of body anxiety. They are working through fears of body change. 
So they're feeling like I'm not doing enough. I'm not exercising enough. My body is going to be this. My body is going to get bigger, softer, squishier here. So the thing we're actually working on is not even trying to exercise more. Our feelings around our body is what we are really focused on of detaching from these expectations for our bodies. So yeah, the performance of it, like you were saying, Anita, in terms of, yeah, your ability to be strong, to be more mobile, to have endurance and cardiovascular function in these specific ways. Absolutely. So people might be afraid of losing skills, losing strength. And that's a super valid fear. A lot of people have that during pregnancy. It can persist postpartum. A lot of our people are dealing with these fears about their body composition. And really, when it comes down to it, these feelings of anti-fatness. So they're worried about their body getting bigger, as I was saying, getting fatter, living in a larger body. And that is the stuff that we tend to spend a lot of time pulling apart because we gotta get some understanding around it. We need to tease it apart so people can actually have an easier relationship with their body and with exercise without feeling this constant preoccupation about controlling their body composition. And from my experience with clients, it just, we can't quite get to that feeling of ease and flexibility with the body and with exercise if we don't tackle and continue tackling this anti-fatness or this fat phobia. All right. And then third final thing, how do we move through it? How do we begin to shed that? Like I was saying, we have to understand where it is stemming from. So as I was giving that example, if it is body anxiety, if it's fear of the body changing, let's dig into that. Let's start peeling that apart. And also knowing that this is likely going to be a long-term, years-long, decade-long experience of working on your body image, working on this relationship to your body and finding more ease with allowing your body to be whatever it needs to be and having trust within that. And then begin to shift your beliefs about how much exercise you actually need for quote unquote health. And Anita, I don't know if you find this with your people, but our clients still come to us with all these ideas, you know, from education from the media about how much exercise they need to be getting and it's often just way more than they probably actually need for a stimulus yeah I think too the the difference is with physiotherapy I definitely exercise is a component um a big component of what we do but I find people especially if they're coming with symptoms and then through exercise, their symptoms improve and change that in itself also gives them a different relationship to exercise. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like it's there, there definitely is a shift. Um, but I feel like it's probably 
it could be different between as a fitness professional and a health professional because people are seeing us maybe for different reasons. That definitely makes sense. Yeah. So we would get people coming saying, you know, I need to be strength training four days a week and doing cardio Mm -hmm. three days a week. Mm -hmm. And the reality is probably not. When are you actually Mm going to fit that much exercise in? And can you adequately recover from that much exercise? Especially if you're pregnant, postpartum, you have young kids, whatever, it's likely going to be too much for you to Mm -hmm. handle well. So something that we've talked about on the podcast before is finding your minimum effective dose of exercise. And that is like low level baseline. What is the minimum amount of exercise that just helps you to be well? Like we've been talking about that helps us to make it through bedtime feeling okay. That keeps our pelvic floor symptoms feeling good at bay, not ramping up. That helps to support your mental health. So what is that minimum? And like I was saying, for me, I know it's probably two days of strength training a week and one, maybe two walks outside. If I hit that, then I'm likely feeling well supported, feeling good in my body, like able to live my life well. So find that minimum effective dose. Mm -hmm. I think it, I think that is good to talk about because oftentimes with physio, I do find clients will come back and be like, I didn't do this every day. And I go, that is actually totally good that you didn't do it every day. There'll be certain things maybe initially where keeping it very realistic and a client I had yesterday mentioned that she's like, I really like how she's like, clearly you've gone through this yourself with having two kids, especially that early postpartum period or pregnancy with a toddler is very realistic with exercise. Cause I think there is this idea of if you can't go for an hour walk, what's the point? And things like that, like we'll dial back and say, but like, do you need to go for an hour? Cause most people don't have that time. Um, and do you actually have to Right? like, is what are, what are we trying to get out of the different types of exercise? So I think that's also something we dive into is like, what are you trying to get out of the different types of exercises that you want to do? Or that would be helpful for your symptoms. Yeah. What's the end goal, right? There's so many things you don't need to do every day, especially as things, as we progress clients and I get them further along and more heavier with their strength training. I'm like, no, you actually should not be doing this every day. So I think that is something talking about with clients is key. And so I love that minimum effective dose because most people appreciate that too, right? Like if you don't need to do something for an hour or whatnot, um, then you have that time for other things too. So yes, yes. Time for other things. So key. Mm -hmm. All right. Excellent. So let's just quick recap on this. So number one, look at the expectations that you have for yourself and just really start questioning it. What is that about? Where did it come from? And is it possible in your real life? Number two, really start to peel apart where that guilt, where that feeling is coming from. And if it is related to your body, body composition, what are your feelings about your body? And how can we start to shift that to something that allows you more ease? And then lastly, moving through it, again, shift those beliefs on how much exercise you really need for health 
and start to find that minimum effective dose and know that this is going to take time and practice and is going to continue to shift for the weeks, months, and years to come. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 